We live in a world where children are sold for sex. This reality is devastating. What if it was my daughter? God called us to do something that would take courage, to give them a home and call them family. Welcome to Courage House. We have girls ages 8 years old to 18 years old. Some come to Courage House pregnant or with babies. Courage House is a safe place of healing and restoration. You never really felt it, it never really lasted. The very ends that held you only let you fall. for girls ages 18 years old and older, a place of continued transformation and life change, as well as learning independence. I'm studying to be a designer, to be a lab technician, to be a social worker. Courage Leadership Academy is our vocational training program, teaching the girls many skills before they go to college. Part of this program is job training at our newly opened Courage Cafe. Welcome to Courage Cafe. The dream of Courage Cafe has finally become a reality. It's our public space for the community, for advocacy and awareness, for community relations, for staff trainings, special events, and for funding and sustainability. Our hope and prayer is to help end sex trafficking and exploitation of innocent children. Change the world with love. Amen. Good morning, everybody. My name is Pastor Joel Midtune, and my wife Stephanie. We're excited and happy to be here with you, and uh, spent some good time with Pastor Jim in Maryland yesterday. And, and as uh, Pastor mentioned, I did grow up in Madagascar till I was 12, and then I uh, we moved to the foreign country of uh, Minnesota, and lived there for a number of years. Went to Bible college in California because it was warm, and uh, met my wife. And uh, we actually served for um, 21 years in Elk Grove uh, at a church called St. Peter's where Dan Selbo was the pastor before he came here. And, uh, and then we planted a church and were there for 18 years in Elk Grove. Uh, we are the directors of Courage Worldwide. And our mission is basically uh, to provide safe homes for minor victims of human trafficking. And that's what we do, and it's our vision to provide them everything that they need so that they can 
uh, get to their God-given purpose in life and go through a lot of healing. And the reason we call it courage is because it takes a lot of courage to come to Courage House. These girls have to leave everything they know and apply themselves to their studies and and apply themselves to their therapy and all these things. And of course, it takes courage to do what, uh, to fight against this evil and darkness of human trafficking. And that's what God calls us all to do, to bring light into the darkness. As we were praying about this fall, uh, God gave me, began to speak to me about this, this idea of take courage. Uh, we've all been through a couple of years of, um, I guess, some, some kind of a bad flu. Uh, we heard about it in America, and I guess people were wearing masks and all this kind of things. But, um, so it was a difficult time for all of us. <clears throat> and the challenge is, how do we mo- move forward in this new post-COVID world? with courage, with what God wants us to do, with what God wants you to do. Um, The verses that were read, Joshua chapter 1, I won't read it again, but basically God is telling Joshua uh, they're out in the wilderness, they've gotten out of Egypt, but they haven't found their promised land yet, and it's going to take courage to get there. Uh, They've gotten out of slavery, but they haven't quite gotten to where they're supposed to be. What does that tell us? To look and to listen, first of all. To listen to what God is saying. God was speaking to Joshua and telling him some specific things. Uh, What is God already doing? One of the reasons why uh, we ended up in in, uh, Elk Grove, we saw what God was doing there. One of the reasons how we ended up in Tanzania, we saw what God was already doing there. And God is already doing some things here right in San Jose. Amen? What is God doing? Well, in general, he's always building his kingdom. He's always building his kingdom, that his kingdom would expand and that the kingdom of darkness would then, of course, uh, contract. And that works together. God is always taking us from slavery to freedom. He's doing that in a spiritual sense. Uh, He forgives our sins. He brings us. I don't know if you grew up in the church or if you came to faith later in life, but God freed you and he's freeing you from some things. And God uh, frees uh, the girls that we work with from literal slavery as well. Although many and most of them all come to faith in Jesus Christ. He's also taking us from wandering to a home. Uh, You know, now we're living in, Tanzania, Moshi, and Dar es Salaam, and Arizona here, and then we have a little 22-foot trailer. We don't even know where home is anymore. Um, Madagascar, so Minnesota, still a Vikings fan, sorry. Um, So it's hard to know sometimes even as a missionary could where home is, but God is also taking us from wandering around, just living life, maybe just trying to survive, to a purpose life, a life doing what he's called us to do and doing something way beyond ourselves. God often calls us to do things way beyond our resources, and that's to show that he did it, not us. Amen? How does it happen? Well, it's a gift. We all know as Lutherans about grace, and God says to Joshua, I will give you this land as I promised. And it's personal. He says, every place where you put your foot, 
I will give to you. So it was this vast promised land, but Joshua and the Israelites had to go put their feet in certain places. And when they did, then it became their promised land. We had to go put our foot in Elk Grove. And then God called us to put our foot in Laguna West, where we planted a church. And then God called us to put our foot in Moshi, Tanzania. And then God called us to put our foot in Dar es Salaam. There's something about being physically present in doing what God calls you to do. God called them, your pastor and wife, from Tucson to San Jose. And they did it because they're obedient to what God is calling. It takes courage Why? Because the land is occupied. I don't know about you, but if I was Joshua and God told me, go take that land, I would have said, I love the idea of promised land, but if you would notice, there's people already living there. If you could just clear the people out, that would be my sign that we're supposed to go in. But that's not how it happened, is it? What happened was God says, as you go... As you go, as you battle, I'll be with you and you'll defeat those giants. And remember, the 12 spies went in and only two, Joshua and Caleb, said, uh, no problem. Hakuna Matata. That's what we say in Tanzania. No problem. But 10 of them said, there's no way. There's no way. This is never going to work. So it's always going to be the minority who believes and goes forward. And God often wants us to move in the opposite spirit. When we feel a spirit of fear, instead of reacting to that, to move forward in a spirit of courage. When we feel hate, we're supposed to move forward in love. Uh, And whatever the world throws at us, we're supposed to throw back the opposite spirit. Uh, then Joshua 1.7, he says it a second time, be strong and very courageous, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful. What do we have to do? We have to follow and trust, to trust God at his word. And that's uh, one of the reasons why it says be strong and very courageous, because the Bible says a lot of things um, that aren't easy to do. You know, what Jesus commands are simple, but they're hard. And many times in the church, we make his commands complicated and way too easy. But what Jesus says is simple, but it's hard. When God called me to go to Tanzania, I had a church in Elk Grove, and everybody loved me. Well, not everybody. Most people did. (laughs) You know, you can't have everybody, but... um, And I was comfortable there, and I'd been there 18 years, and I founded the church, so nobody had been a member longer than me. It doesn't get any better than that. And so when God's calling me to go, I'm I'm really wrestling. And and finally one day God told me, he said, I felt God say, if you'll just be obedient and go, it'll be better than you can imagine. Better than you can imagine. He wasn't saying go or else. He wasn't saying go or else or you might be swallowed by a big fish. He just said, if you just trust me, it'll actually be better than you can imagine. And it has been. There are giants in the land. Of course there are battles, and we've been through lots of battles in Tanzania. 
land battles and battles with authorities and battles, spiritual battles and battles with our staff and all kind of battles with the girls. Um, but God has been with us through the whole thing. And the question is, what's your perspective? Are your problems bigger and God smaller or is, your, is God bigger and your problems smaller? Of course our problems are big. It's not to minimize that. But our God is bigger. That's the point. And the battle prepares you to retain what he gives you. There's some kind of faith muscles we build up over the years as we battle and walk in obedience through the hard times that when God does give us the promised land, we're able and mature enough and strong enough to retain that and be a good steward of what God has given us. He says in Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for I will be with you. He says it a third time. And that is, don't be afraid. Sometimes God will call us to expand and grow. Don't be afraid, not because there's not scary things. There are scary things. There are scary things in San Jose. There are scary things in Tanzania. Um, originally, when we first got married, my wife did not want to go to Africa, no way, no how. Snakes, spiders, um, all kinds of critters. Um, but God will be with you. And don't be discouraged. Why do you think the Bible says that so many times? Because God knows we will be discouraged. Why? Because God knows we spend most of our life around people. <laughs> and I don't know if you've noticed, but... People let us down, and we let other people down. And God's the only one, Jesus is the only one who never lets us down. And we can become discouraged. You know, the devil wants to dis your courage. He wants to take your courage away. And God wants to give you courage. Don't be discouraged. Our greatest hurts, but also our greatest healings can come through people. And when you have success, give it away. As we have done a lot of things in, if you've seen on the video, a lot of things in Moshi. Moshi is where Mount Kilimanjaro is. But then this last year, God called us to move um, to Dar es Salaam, a coastal city, one of the biggest cities in Africa, one of the fastest growing cities in the world, more than six million people. And there God is working to open a courage house uh, next year in the spring. And also we've opened an office there. We've been working with all kind of strategic meetings with government officials and other um, nonprofits who work in the same arena. Uh, while we were expanding there, God said, no, you're also going to expand in Moshi. So a church called us and it's from Sacramento and said, hey, you mentioned something about building a second dorm. I'm like, yeah. Uh, he's like, uh, how much would it be? I like, told him the amount. He goes, done. I'm like, oh, shoot, now I've got to build a dorm. So I got a construction guy, and you can see there, I just want to show you, they're finishing the wall here, and he's propping himself up on a log on two pieces of wood on three bricks on a pile of rocks. That's not OSHA approved, but that's what they do. They make a way in Africa. There's the new dorm uh, that we built this spring that'll double our capacity to 60 girls at Courage House. And here's just an example of the two of the houses where the girls came from. One of our girls actually 15 years old birthed a child 
in, in one of those um, huts. So when they come to courage, they say, wow, God has brought me from the pit to the palace. And they're so excited. And we're digging a, a water well there. And I'm going to invite my wife up to share just a few more stories. St. Timothy's, it's so great to be with you. I'm Stephanie, and um, what an honor to be with you and people who are like family, Pastor Jim and Marilyn. And I get the fun part of telling some stories um, about our girls. We do um, protect their dignity and their identity, partly for their safety and partly for their dignity. I wish I could show you their smiles. But one by one, we believe God brings our girls home to Courage House. Um, at as young as eight years old, and they've gone through so much trauma, um, exploitation, and being sold often by their own family members. Um, this picture of this girl, came, um, this young girl, came to us just before we came to the States in September. We got a call from the British Embassy about this case, and, and she, this young 15-year-old, had health, many health problems, severe and um, was abused and exploited and was pregnant with twins. Um, very poor, didn't even have enough nutrition to be able to nurse her babies properly. And so <clears throat> these babies were born prematurely malnourished. So we said, yes, we have to bring them to Courage House. Often our girls come to us either pregnant or with children. So we welcome these children. These are our first Courage twins. This young mama is Muslim. 40% of Tanzania is Muslim. And so many of our girls come and we share the love of Jesus with them. Um, I got this picture a few weeks ago and I saw these babies are getting nice and chunky. And just like we like to see them and filling out. And this young mama said, thank you. I feel loved. I feel protected and cared for. This next group, uh, this next two girls are sisters, eight and nine years old. And they came to Courage House about eight months ago, not able to read or write even in their own language of Swahili. Their parents were addicts and village men. They were being sold to village men for the parents to buy food and alcohol. So we took these precious girls home, these sisters, to get their childhood back. They're in, um, the youngest one is in our preschool, and they're running around with smiles on their faces and thankful to be rescued and saved. Lastly, I'll tell you about this young girl. Came to us at Courage House when she was 15, about six years ago, um, also Muslim, and she's very tender. In that middle picture, she's crying because anytime we give her words of affirmation, tell her we're proud of her. Tears just streamed down her face. And she became a leader at Courage House, um, and she had a dream to be a social worker. So she gave her life to Christ. Um, she said, the Lord has been speaking to me. And she said, Mama, God has been speaking to me that I'm going to have a solution to the cries of my people. And we believe that God has big plans for her to be a leader in her community. She's done field work, and the government already wants to hire her when she's done with college. We actually want to hire her to be a social worker at Courage House, so we might have to arm wrestle with the government on that. But, of course, she will get a choice, and so we're so proud of her. Today, 65 girls 
and their children called Courage House Tanzania Home. We have babies and children that um, Joel and I are not grandparents yet, but in Tanzania we are. They call us Bibi and Babu. That is Grandma and Grandpa, and this little guy in the middle up top is named after Joel, so that's baby Joel. And the little girl on the right is my pride and joy. Her name's Mercy Stephanie. And it's so fun to see these kids um, have their life back and have a, a joyful childhood. Hardest thing we've ever done, one of the most rewarding things we've done is Open Courage Cafe for sustainability. And we've been um, going for a year and a half and have employed some of our girls. I'll share more about that in Sunday school. We're praying about being able to buy the property. It's for sale, but it's this beautiful two-acre garden property. If you can see, Mount Kilimanjaro is in the back there. That's not photoshopped. That's how it looks at, at our cafe. An incredible staff we have, 55 staff now between all of our places, and they are doing the hard work, loving our girls, providing a home and family to them. One of the things that um, Joel and I did that we felt led to do is write a book, and Joel talked about the battles and the breakthroughs, and so we have a few copies left. It's on Amazon, too, about our story and some of the stories of courage and girls, and we want it to be an encouragement for people to persevere in the battles they face till they get their breakthrough. And um, Tanzania is also the home of some of the best coffee in the world. I love coffee, and I have not suffered in that area get the best coffee in the world, and we have some for sale in the back holding and, and ground, and it's a way to help rescue children and give maybe good gifts for Christmas. Um, some of the other things our girls make, it's supporting their college education. Um, before uh, we moved to Tanzania, my career formerly was in music. And I was a music director for many years. And one of the ways I started in this whole fight against trafficking was writing songs, putting on concerts, raising funds um, to benefit Courage House. And I wrote this song, Justice Generation. And when I read um, uh, IJM, um, the founder of IJM talked about the justice generation. These are the people that aren't content to sit back on the pews of the church, they want to do something to make a difference in their community and in their world. And my prayer has been, Lord, let us all be your hands. Let us be your feet. Let us be your voice for the least and the lost. So I'm going to sing this song. It's very simple, and I would love for you to join in with me. God of justice, God of love, God of mercy rescues us. We lift our hearts to you and sing, we praise your name. God of kindness, God of peace, God of beauty, fall on me, God of every living.
i